With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Hey, welcome to this edition of Ask the Experts. I am Carrie Wickersham, and today we're going to talk about <coughs> nail fungus. <laughs> so it's one of those things you definitely want to download a podcast on so you can listen in the silence of your car all the way to work and no one has to know about it. We have an expert podiatrist with us today, Dr. Thomas Bimbanista. Did I say it right? Say it that, for me. Uh, Bimbanista. Bimbanista. There we go. He's in the house, and we are going to talk a little bit about what causes nail fungus, some of maybe the dangers of nail fungus, how to treat it with a man who's been treating this foot problem for years, lots of Kansas City feet under your microscope, right? That's correct. <laughs> All right. So talk to us first about your background, because you have mm-hmm. been doing this for decades. Correct. I have been in practice now for 37 years, mm-hmm. originally from Chicago where I met my wife and we came out here in 1982 to do our residency and love the area and we just stayed. So we've been in practice since then, both on the Kansas and Missouri side. And I became board certified in surgery in the late 80s and have just been enjoying myself the whole time. And things have changed um, in how to treat different foot problems Mm -hmm. in that 37 years, hasn't it? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Really what happens in general with the advances have been more diagnostic where when we first started, very simple things, we just had x-ray, physical exam, things like that. Mm -hmm. Or over time, what we developed was the ability to use MRIs, other diagnostic tests. And as we'll talk about, the use of lasers and other treatments for stuff that we had no chance of ever treating before effectively. Mm-hmm. So you told me on the phone that 10 to 15% of the population at least have nail fungus. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It, probably a lot of people, it either goes undiagnosed or they haven't come in to a doctor yet. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about how that happens. Like, how do you get nail fungus? Mm-hmm. First of all, like many things in life, we have a core susceptibility to it. So some people can go into the sun and get brown. Some people go into the sun for five minutes and they get burned. Same thing with nail fungus. Nail fungus, most people have a susceptibility. So it's not that they per se catch it, but they're susceptible to it by potentially their skin or moisture to their skin and their type of shoes and having their foot wet. So those are things that kind of predispose you to getting nail fungus more regularly. So we didn't talk about this earlier, but what would you, if you are prone to Hmm. nail fungus, are there a certain type of shoes or socks or what would you recommend preventatively? Hmm. Preventatively, the best thing to do is maintain dryness so that when you look at it, making sure that your skin is dry. Most things that start on your skin need to be a normal athlete's foot fungus or nail fungus within the, within the nail itself. It takes time for it to kind of grow and be, go to depth into those areas. So potentially soaking your feet once a week or so to dry it out in Epsom salts, making sure they're dry 
and using just a simple topical uh, kind of antifungal spray that you can get at any any generic uh, type of fungal spray that you can get at the uh, Walgreens or CVS, basically in spraying your shoes. That reduces the probabilities and making sure the inside of your shoes themselves are inherently dry. So I kind of thought that the antifungal was maybe what you use once you have the fungus, but it's really not going to help once you have it? Correct. Because when you look at nail fungus, the real problem is it's visibly, as you see, on the nail itself. That's what people come in with. Mm -hmm. But really, it's a root problem, like our hair color. It is really the root that is causing the coloration of our hair, and it's the root that has the nail fungus in it. So topical treatments no matter what they are, need they be sprays or topical lotions or whatever, they can seem to help, but they're treating more of the visibleness to it, almost like a vitamin to the nail where there's an improvement with the texture and the way it looks, but inherently the nail fungus is in the root still itself. So it's a Band-Aid to a problem that's going to come back if you don't solve the original problem. Correct, and so what it is is, yeah, so some people can get improvement and be very satisfied with it, and so, In those cases, that's okay. It's not always having to be aggressively treated, as we'll talk about the different treatments. It doesn't have to be. So if someone comes in with a mild nail fungus and it's been maintained for years and they basically do the core things they should do, that's an acceptable treatment for them. Not everybody has to go through all the treatments. So what does a nail fungus look like as opposed to like an injury mm-hmm. or you might have a little warble in your nail or mm-hmm. something? Um, what does it look like when you have a fungus? Can you sort of diagnose that at home? Most of the time what happens is that it's visibly diagnosed when you see the patient. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they already know because you can look on the internet, to be honest, and see nail fungus. And most of the time you go, my God, that's terrible. Mine aren't that bad. Yeah. Or people come in and say, this is the worst you've ever seen. And the answer is, no, it's not. So what it is, it's really kind of like, it's a tweener deal. So the normal appearance is this, is sometimes they can have thickening to the nail itself and a discoloration or yellowing to the nail. It can occur on one nail, every other nail, one foot, both feet. So it's a total variableness as far as the nail, how it looks a little bit, because normally it's discolored and yellow okay, possibly thickened, but it can occur on one nail, but not the others. And is it um, itchy or anything like that? It can be because see the nail fungus that you have normally affects the skin around the nail. So many times what happens, they have a concurrent athlete's foot or very mild athlete's foot condition with some redness around the nail bed itself. Is it contagious? It is contagious, but it's contagious to people that are susceptible to it. So it's like many things you treat, like warts, which are viral in nature. Uh, mainly people that have sweaty feet or more moisture in their feet have it. If, if your feet are dry, then the probabilities of getting a wart from a person who has one in your house is like minimal to non-existent. So there, you have to be susceptible to it and you have to have moisture to the feet. So not everybody, like a couple, one person can have it and one person doesn't have it. That's not uncommon. So it's a lot harder to easily transfer than most people think. Is it hereditary then? It's not hereditary. Neither. It's more uh, that you're susceptible. It's just as if you had a, if uh, you go into the sun, like we talked earlier, mm-hmm. some people burn. Mm-hmm. So what it is, you are predisposed to be more susceptible potentially to the moisture and to the normal fungus that's around us. It's really pretty much all around. And so what happens is the susceptibility allows you to more readily get the fungus and have it stick to your skin. 
and left untreated because you have some moisture to your feet, it kind of goes deeper and deeper. So it doesn't start in the nail itself. Normally starts on the skin and slowly penetrates into the skin, into the nail itself. So it's better to catch it early? Earlier the better, yes, because there are some cases nail fungus can deform the nail. So normally the nail has just a traditional shape that we're used to, but sometimes what it is, the nail can be extremely thickened, sometimes as much as a quarter of an inch. And then instead of being straight, being crooked, uh, like if you think of like a horn shape, those, even with the laser, even with the most advanced treatments, those nails really are not salvageable. They just, they can't really be cured by the laser or any other form of current treatment. Okay. So like worst case scenario, you have a nail fungus and you think, eh, I'm just going to let it go untreated, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people do um, because they don't want to get involved in all the treatment options. Mm -hmm. Um, What could happen? What's your like, what's your worst case scenario? Well, the worst case scenario is they get extremely thick to the point where there's cases where people come in where other than being thick, like a quarter inch thick, they're difficult to cut they have infections around the nail bed itself. Mm-hmm. Not to the point where it's like critical, like there's gonna be a massive problem, but it's difficult to cut. There's an odor to it. It tears like hose or socks. It's just very, it's, I wouldn't say overly painful, but discomforting, just the problem overall. So does it ever happen on your fingernails? It can, it okay. can happen on your fingernails, but as we'll talk about with the different treatments, most of the time our hands are exposed to the sun, which is a form of UV light, which is like a laser. So what it does most of the time on the fingers, it doesn't occur. So it's extremely rare to occur. So most of the time the nail fungus or any type of athlete's fungus likes a darker, moist environment, which is perfect, of course, for the shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you hear sort of rumors about how, like I've heard you get them from nail salons, you know, from pedicures mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But tell me the different ways that if mm-hmm. it's not really contagious mm-hmm. um, and you don't get it in the shower at the gym necessarily, mm-hmm. how, how do you get it? Right, so what happens is, you mentioned a couple of things. Of course, if you go to a nail salon, there's many people who have their nail treatments there. If the water area isn't clean when they soak it or the instruments aren't clean, definitely you could get it from someone else that way. But traditionally, the fungus is somewhat around us. So it could be on the floor, the health club, you know. So it's a form of an athlete's foot fungus, a derivative of it. So. You get athlete's foot and not necessarily be exposed to anyone. So it's just it's just a common type of fungus, similar to bacteria that's around us. So it's probably on a lot of people's skins, but they do not get it because they're not susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. So you look down at your foot and you're like, by golly, I think I've got a foot fungus <laughs> or a toenail fungus. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many different treatments. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing you probably do is go to the drugstore and look on right. the shelves there. Mm-hmm. Talk about some mm-hmm. of the different treatments and which ones work. And maybe if you've got one that's just starting, mm-hmm. would it work to just go to the drugstore? In some rare cases, the answer, it could help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can even significantly make it better, sometimes cure it. The important thing when you think you have a nail fungus is to realize that it is within the root of the nail. The nail itself is just the symptom showing up as it grows out. So the use of 
topical over-the-counter medications that have a true antifungal type of prescription, even though it's antifungal, is very acceptable to use. And sometimes a very new, new type of nail fungus, when you first get it, uh, many times it, it can dissipate and go away. So that is really the very best way for the average person, making sure they spray their shoes with the antifungal spray, making sure their feet stay dry, making sure their shoes, especially if their feet sweat, they dry them out and switch shoes regularly. Because normally uh, the fungus has an inability to live for any extended period of time on a dry surface. Hmm. Anything dry, it does not live well on. So... Um, people who go barefoot a lot, like that's mm-hmm. okay. Even as a foot doctor, is that okay with you? Yes, that, that's fine. You have no, you have no greater chance. It's one of those things where you might have contributory factor, maybe a little bit greater chance, but it's not statistically like if you wear shoes, you're not going to get it. It's not like that. You know, if you have a degree of susceptibility, you might get it. You know, so it's not one of those things that wearing shoes is going to solve it, or wearing not wearing shoes is going to cause it. So once you see it. You've probably had it for a while if the root is underneath your nail. Correct. Normally, most people will say, I noticed there was a difference in my nail months ago. And sometimes they say, well, I kind of noticed there was this little itchy feeling, but I didn't really think much about it. And then over time, over the last six months, we noticed the nail came back maybe slightly deformed, slightly yellow, a little bit thicker, and that never happened before. Mm -hmm. There are some cases that because the susceptibility is in one case, sometimes trauma and injury to the nail can cause the nail fungus, since it's kind of around us, to be more present and go into the nail itself because anything that's damaged or harmed or hurt is a little more likely to be, if you want to use the word, infected by the nail fungus or be susceptible to the nail fungus. Okay. You're moving. You drop your couch on your foot. And all of a sudden, it does more than just bruise. Correct. Correct. Okay. So when we talk about the different sort of levels of care, once you know you have a nail fungus, that first one is just the -the over-the-counter. It's only going to work in certain situations, and it has to be very early on. What's the next step up? Right. Normally, when you see the next step up, normally... Prescription? There are forms of prescription. So when you you think of the treatments for the nail fungus, and you start thinking, how am I going to take care of it? What you have to realize is the nail itself takes about nine months minimum to grow from today, nine months, the end of the nail's already out from where it started. So what happens at that point, then you have to kind of determine which treatment is best. So basically there are three classic and forms of treatment for nail fungus today. One is a topical medication. The topical medication is put on regularly, normally weekly. That's a prescription? That's a prescription. Okay. Uh, There are some over-the-counter medications that are more mild, but but again, if you get to the point where nothing works, the next step would be a topical medication, um, and you would put it on weekly. But the problem, again, is compliance. For nine months. Correct. So basically next February if we started today. Correct. Mm-hmm. And in a true academic sense, you're not supposed to, as a female or a male, want to paint your nails. That may you know, be one of those things that you, you really shouldn't do when you do this. Okay. So what it is, now you're dealing with it, and if it's on a number of toes, you're doing it on each toe the topical, we call it a lacquer, so it's almost like a enamel. And so what happens, you do that. Now the question mark, does the topical medication penetrate the nail to the depth that goes into the root? 
the answer is normally not. No matter what they have made to this point, the success rate, even with the very best new medications out there, is under 15%. Wow. And closer to 10 to 15%. But again, the compliance factor, it's like us taking an antibiotic when we have a head cold and you're supposed to take it for 10 days. After five days, you feel great. Uh, So you kind of forget it. Mm -hmm. And then you get really sick the next time. So it's the same concept. So compliance is the hardest thing because you have to be diligent. And you should be diligent also with using the antifungal spray, making sure your feet are, are dry. So what it is, and then patients get kind of discouraged because it takes so long for the nail to grow out. So it may take, no matter which treatment we talk about and which are successful, it sometimes takes two, three, four months to notice significant change to your nail. So it's not one of those things that we treat it today, no matter which treatment it is, and tomorrow it's cured. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. It's discipline and it's commitment, and that's Correct. something as Americans we're not always the best at. True. <laughs> so, so really when we look at it then, you, know, you look at the topical medication, which is, uh, rarely successful, and it's a compliance problem. Uh, I will tell you that in those cases where people have it on their fingernail, if they use that on their fingernail, they're more likely to be successful uh, with it on their fingernail than their toenail. Uh, and they then just you go, see it all the time. It's top of mind. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing, too, is this, and there's the use of the oral medication. Wait, and go back to that. One second. One more thing on the mm-hmm. topical medication. Mm-hmm. That can be super expensive as well? Correct, correct. Okay. So what it is is that there's normally a, a bottle that holds maybe two, three ounces of this medication, and you're putting on 10 nails regularly. So what it is, and even the generic ones are, are expensive, and you could spend probably $50 every few months on just a generic one to treat it for the nine months or some of the really new prescription-based meds are hundreds and hundreds of dollars and you have to get two or three prescriptions. So it's costly and that would be okay if it worked. The whole but point only 10 is, to 15% work. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then your compliance, you have to remember to do it. I forgot it for two months. Uh, I did it for here. I forgot that. You know what I mean? And then we feel the guilt complex of the fact that we didn't do it like we were supposed to. And we think that we caused it not to get better. And we just flushed $800 down the <laughs> Correct. Correct. Commode. You could buy new shoes. You could buy new shoes <laughs> Wait, for that. Lots of them. <laughs> yes. Okay. And um, so t- next, next step. The next, the next step is an oral medication. And the common name most people are familiar with is called Lamisil. So it's an oral medication um, that you take. And when you take it, again, you have to take it for that nine-month period. Mm -hmm. So that's how you have to make sure you take it. Um, There are different ways the medication is administered, but the important thing to do is understand it is basically excreted and works through the liver itself. So before the medication is given to a patient, you have to get a liver enzyme blood test. Then some patients don't qualify because if you're taking cholesterol medication or certain other medication that taxes the liver already, you shouldn't take it concurrently. So what it does, so some patients can get side effects from that and they can get an inflammation to the liver from the Lamisil. The good news is that if they discontinue the Lamisil, uh, 99% of the time, it just resolves itself. It's more is that of expensive? That can be because what you have to do is you have to do blood tests every three yeah. months. Then you have to take the medication. The normal way it's given now is what they call a pulse dosing, which is you take it for seven days each month, the same week, let's say. And then every three months you come back, we see you, we uh, make sure we get a blood test and give you three more months. So during a time frame, you have to treat it during that whole time frame for the growth cycle of the nail itself. Okay, so again, it's kind of complicated. Again, compliance. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has you involved and you're going, was it this week or next week? Or was it last week? And then, then you got to remember, I got to get the blood test again. Ah, when am I going to get that done? You know, then you wait an extra two weeks. So you miss a week's worth of treatment in the interim. Because something happens in that two weeks. And Just life. Yeah. And when you can't even remember, you know, what you wore yesterday, uh-huh. it might not be for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. So um, the, sec- the that next step uh-huh. up after that, there uh-huh. are other remedies. Per- correct. And Talk so, about, yeah. So on the other remedies is the thing I got involved in approximately 10 years ago was the use of a laser to treat toenail fungus itself. So 10 years ago, it was more of an infantile stages just starting. And I ended up getting one of the very first lasers and then speaking for a major laser company out of Palo Alto. And what we did is the lasers that were used then were used basically in what the laser would do because they are called 1064 lasers. It's a YAG laser, which is a very common wavelength. It produced a heat pattern that produced heat through the nail. So it would shoot through the nail, cause heat at depth, and kill the fungus. Sounds a little painful, like a it, lightsaber to the toe or something. It is more like the <laughs> lightsaber to the toe, yes, yes. Uh, the, and so what happens is, is that it does produce a heat signature, and it can be effective, but again, compliance is it. Um, it's a little more time-consuming time-wise because we have to treat it. It gets to a certain temperature. The person says this is hot mm-hmm. or very warm. We let it cool down, so we have to maintain a certain temperature to kill the nail fungus. So that was the standard of the care at the at the time. And then this last year or so, um, a new laser came out that was used in Europe, which is basically what they call a cold laser, which is a wavelength that is lower on the spectrum that basically shoots through the skin just like the other laser does and produces byproducts that are a form of hydrogen peroxide in an autoimmune response that is more likely successfully to kill the nail fungus. It's important that this treats not just like the other lasers, we normally treat the nail itself. It's difficult to treat around the whole surrounding toe with that, but potentially the fungus could be on the toe itself. So with this particular laser, it's more like I would call it a disco ball in the laser where it spins around and the, the laser goes from 360 degrees all around the foot itself, treating both the front portion of the foot, the toe itself, and the nail itself. Shooting through there, there's no heat production. Uh, normally the treatment- So it doesn't hurt? It doesn't hurt. And there's no recovery time? There's no recovery time. Okay. Uh, and it takes between 12 to 24 minutes based on how we have to do it in the size of the foot. Sometimes the space where the laser is used is perfect for a foot that's smaller. Sometimes it's not. Then we have to do it twice, one for each foot. And so the treatment pattern for that is you would do that weekly for four weeks, then once more 90 days later, then once 90 days later. So basically one month, 90 days, then at 180 days. And you're dealing with a high success rate in the upper 80 percentile, low 90 percentile range. It's important that as we talked about, as we talked about this before, with the susceptibility, uh, as we treat this, we want people to have basically good foot hygiene. So you still have to make sure if you have moisture to the feet that you don't have that excessively, that you potentially spray your shoes. It would be like, again, people that would go in the sun that are more susceptible to a sunburn. Of course, they put sunscreen on. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those kind of those unfortunate things we have to do because there is a degree of susceptibility. It's unlikely to get recurrence with the nail fungus once it's treated if you follow those basic rules. So 
the laser that is currently being used by us, it tends to be highly effective and it's really cutting edge. And from doing it for 10 years, uh, we found that we looked at the next kind of advanced treatment and what this was it. So this takes, according to my calculations, and I'm not a mathematician, but about four months. It sounds like with 90 days and 90 days and a month, right? Four months-ish? Uh, it's more seven months. Okay, seven months. Okay. Right. Um, and then um, you have 80 to 90% success rate. Right. Again, re- realizing that the nail grows slowly. So right. even as we okay. see you back, you go, and there are cases where within the four week initial four-week period, they go, I can tell it's better already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have to say half the people say that. Half the people, the other half can kind of say, I can tell it's different. You know, maybe not cured because we're only at a month. So it takes about uh, two to three months to start noting, noticing the growth of the nail that the, where the, the skin meets the nail, that it starts becoming clear there. Mm-hmm. Then it progresses over time. So when we do this, when we do the treatment plan, that includes basically the four treatments, the one at 90 days, then the one 90 days later. So that basically, by the time we're out at about seven months and do the final treatment, we have normally healthy nail growing, it continues growing, and we do the final treatment. The key factor with the laser, the way this is done, it treats not just the nail itself, but the surrounding tissue that potentially has the nail fungus within it. Kind of so, infected. Correct, mm-hmm. so it's a surrounding area treatment also. Okay, so seven months, mm-hmm. 80 to 90% compliance. More upper 80%. And no, um, no side effects. No side effects, no heat, no pain. Uh, it's not limited to the patient, uh, the type of patient. Some patients that have nail fungus have concurrent what they call neuropathies, which means they have a loss of feeling. Well, the problem is if a person, if we're using a laser and the response, the older lasers, and it is a heat production, and what happens is, is that the heat's produced, but the patient has a neuropathy so they can't quite feel it, it's difficult to get a response. So those patients were kind of always cut off from having it because the heat definitely could build under the first types of lasers and could damage the tissue. Where this, anybody, even you have a neuropathy, there's no heat production, so there is no damage no matter if you have total feeling or, or very limited feeling to the mm-hmm. foot. Mm-hmm. So this one is, it's just just generally more successful and it opens up the treatment to almost everybody. Okay. Now, insurance doesn't always cover this. So talk a little bit about financially mm-hmm. how much you need to invest to have. Right. Okay. So what we do is this, is when I see a patient and I talk to him about it, I say, okay, this is a particular problem. You go, well, I have nail fungus. I go, okay, and let's say we make a confirming diagnosis after talking to an examination. Um, sometimes, uh, we could do uh, a biopsy to the nail, but the biopsy tends to have a, we call it a false positive, uh, or a, uh, that basically it produces a result is not consistent with the clinical observation. We know there's nail fungus, but it shows negative. So what happens is it's, it's, it doesn't always confirm that. So we do it off of physical exam and patient history. So then what we do is we evaluate the patient based upon the severity of the nail fungus. As I mentioned, some patients, their fungus is so severe, I have to say, I'm sorry, uh, no matter what we do, whichever treatments we do, it probably will not be successful. And spending money on this is really a waste of your time, your effort, and your income. So when we look at this, 
Um, it is expensive. The six treatments are approximately $1,000 for both feet. Uh, you can pay it over time, um, but that's the way to really treat it effectively. It's the greatest technology that allows the greatest probability of success. Uh, the appointments are set up, uh, and you uh, they take about 12 minutes, I said, approximately to 24 minutes. You set up the appointments in advance for four weeks. Um, at any time during that time frame, if you have a question, uh, just ask me if it's if I'm not doing or making sure the machine is functioning correctly for you and making sure it starts. Um, sometimes what it is, if you have a question, you just ask me. Mm-hmm. And I'm always available. I'm always there when the treatment's being performed. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I would say if I was dealing with this, I... Um, and I knew that I wanted it resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, from from the facts you've given us, it sounds like the thousand dollars versus the eight hundred dollars, and you having to do it all yourself, and all of mm-hmm. the compliance, and all like, and to really get rid of it with the almost no reoccurrence. I'm sure mm-hmm. you cannot guarantee that. It's not up right. to you. Mm-hmm. But um, it it sounds like the way <laughs> most people would probably want to go if they were mm-hmm. ready to com- to commit to it. Correct. I would have to say, generally speaking, when someone's really wishes to get rid of the problem. That's with no ge- side effects. With no side effects. Mm-hmm. That generally is what they choose because it just is the most logical, the easiest to comply with. You just show up. Mm-hmm. So this technology is really cool and you have mm-hmm. videos of it on mm-hmm. your website. Correct. So folks can, and not only videos uh, of of that new technology for the nail mm-hmm. fungus that's on your website and, and it's very cutting edge, mm-hmm. um, but also he has loads of information with some videos and things like that on things like plantar fasciitis and uh, orthopedics mm-hmm. for your shoes and um, things like that. So I would say if the first stop is your website and that mm-hmm. website is kcfootcare.com. Now you have two offices, right? Correct. Or- I have I have one off of Berry Road and I-29 up north of the river. Then I have one at in Overland Park at College in Antioch. Okay, so makes it pretty convenient. Is it hard to get in? Do you have to have a referral or anything like I that? I would make a special exception for you, but <laughs> normally... After you took my pink toenail polish off. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's the same color I use, so it's okay. okay. <laughs> so but what, what would basically occur is generally you call, and um, if you have additional questions, we can give you a call back. We have a person specifically mm-hmm. uh, that would make sure they call you back and answer some of the questions. But normally you can get in within a few weeks. And normally the time is set aside so that if you wanted to commit to that day of treatment, it could always be started versus making another appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing that you told me on the phone when we were talking the other day is, so the first appointment costs about $100 to spend mm-hmm. time with you, have you diagnosed, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but you will sometimes, like if somebody has to walk away and be like, boy, $1,000, I need to think mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll t- subtract right. the $100 right. from there. Uh-huh. I, I don't want anybody to be think they're getting a better deal by having it done that day. Yeah. So if it's $100 for the first visit, um, and they're just not sure if they want to spend a thousand dollars. You know, they got to look at it or whatever, or consider it a different time. I would just say, you just go ahead and pay the cost of the visit today, and we'll apply that if you choose to have it done when you come back. Which is amazing. So, so there's no, there's, it's all okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so whatever works out best for the patient it's, it's the very most important thing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you've answered a ton of great questions. It feels like we had our first office visit right mm-hmm. here. And um, So when do you want to start? Exactly. Well, so far my toes are okay, but because of my pink toenail polish, it could go south at any moment. <laughs> so thank you so much for being with us. We do consider you just a true expert in mm-hmm. this area and a pleasure to talk to as hey, well. Thank you so much. Thank it's been you a pleasure. very uh, much. Bye. Thanks Bye-bye. so much. Bye.